Good morning, Radiate. Welcome to week three of Remix. What a great first two weeks, man. Uh, with our leadership panel that has talked about the Radiate Way values with Pastor Nick Dalton last week from Jefferson Church in Jefferson, Georgia. What an amazing word. This week is so special. We've got a gentleman that's coming this week. He's been with Radiate Church from day one. When we met just in a little 10 by 10 room as a small group, an acoustic guitar, about 10 of us together. Uh, he's been with us from day one. Him and his wife and his kids have become very great friends of my wife and I. You have come to know and love him. He's an amazing guy. He's a former youth pastor. I want you to be excited that Brian Goins is coming up. He's given a word today that's going to rock your world. I know it. God speaks through this man. Open your Bibles. Get your notebooks out. Get ready to take some notes. It's going to be a great day. Hey, but before you do all that, again, we believe in honor here at Radiate. Let's stand to our feet. Let's put our hands together and let's welcome the man of God. Let's welcome Brian Goins to the stage. Come on, guys. Let's go. Good morning, Radiate. We'll try not to cry today. Um, I can't make any promises, though. But before I started, I've, I've, got to, I've got to say this. Pastor Megan and Pastor Brandon listening first. I want to honor them as the pastors of the house. Um, there are no greater pastors, and I've been blessed with a lot of great pastors in my life, um, but there are no greater pastors than Pastor, Pastor Brandon and Pastor Megan. And I hope you know how, how truly blessed you are here to have them as your pastors. But Pastor Megan, as, as we were worshiping, and by the way, praise team, amazing job. Y'all give them praise and God for the amazing thing God was doing through them. But as I was standing there worshiping, God, he, he I won't say he gave me a vision, but he, he put some pictures in my mind. And the first picture was the picture of Florence. And then he showed me a picture of a spigot where he began to turn the spigot on. And then it began to feel something and it began to just rise up. And I couldn't figure out what it was. So I kept praying, God, you know, what's that? What's that meaning? And what he told me, he says that Florence is a river that is dry. And he said that with that Florence is a river that is dry. And he says, I'm going to begin to pour my spigot. And that river is going to begin to fill back up. And then that river is going to flow over its borders into the surrounding areas. And then he began to show me people coming up out of the river and going into heaven. And that's the souls that are going to be reached out of Florence when that river begins to flow over its banks. So God's, the best is yet to come. The best is yet to come. Amen. This morning, I'm going to be coming out of James 3 and verses 3 through 10. So I'll give you a second to get your Bibles there. But I'm going to be talking about the words of power today. I'm going to be talking about words of power, the power in a verse. Um, before we get into James 3, if, if you've ever read John 10, in John 10, 27 and 28, he says that my sheep hear my voice. And I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they shall never perish and no one shall be able to snatch them out of my hand. And what God's talking about right there is the power of the voice. When I think of the, of the power of the voice, I think of the power of a parent's voice. 
You know, no matter where we're at in our house, if we call our children's name, they know our voice and they recognize us. You know, on that other side, I think of a child's voice, the power of a child's voice. If Webb or Sarah Beth or Breeley, if they cry out, we recognize their voice and we run to them. And I think about the power of a voice of a speaker. I, I, I think about Martin Luther King and the speeches that he gave, the power in his voice. The power in our words. In James 3, 3 and 10, it tells us, it says, Indeed, we put bits in horses' mouths that they may obey us, and we turn their whole body. Look also at ships. Also, they are very large and are driven by fierce winds. They are turned by a very small rudder wherever the pilot desires. Even so, the tongue is a little member and boasts great things. See how great a forest a little fire kindles. And the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. The tongue is set among our members that it defiles the whole body and sets on fire the course of nature, and it is set on fire by hell. For every kind of beast and of bird and of reptile creature of the sea is tamed and has been tamed by mankind, but no man can tame the tongue. It's an unruly evil full of deadly poison. With it we bless our God and Father and curse men who have been made in the similitude of God. Out of the same mouth proceeds blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not to be so. You see here in James, James the half-brother of Jesus, he was talking about the power of the tongue. Because you see, the tongue is a tool that God has given us. It's a tongue, it's a tool that God gave us that said to either bless or to curse. It brings construction or destruction. It depends on how we use the tool. You see, James here is providing instruction on how to use the tool. He talks about a bit. That it turns the reins. It's a very small thing in the horse's mouth that brings pressure. It brings force. And so the horse, when you put that bit in, instead of that horse, when you, that horse, when you pull it, it brings pain. So instead of the horse having that pain, it turns to where you're telling him to go to release that pressure. It talks about the rudder, a small rudder. And as I was reading this, I was thinking, well, you know, God, you know, I've never really been on the bottom of a ship scuba diving or anything. So I looked it up. I Googled because, you know, Google's a great thing. As an educator, I mean, you know, Google, you, you look up all kinds of stuff. And I, so I typed in, you know, what is the percentage of capacity of a rudder to a ship? And, of course, Google says, you know, it's almost 10%. So I was like, dang, really? So I looked up. I said, how big is the Titanic's rudder? How big is the Titanic? So the Titanic's rudder was 78 feet long, and the Titanic was 882 feet long, which is 8.8%. Google's pretty close. So, but that small 8.8% of size of that ship moved that big ship wherever it went. You see, our life is a ship. Our life is a ship and our tongue is its rudder. Our words determine our life's outcome. 
The words we speak determine many things that happen in our life, and we don't even realize it. Proverbs 18 and 21 says that death and life are in the power of the tongue. We speak death, we speak life. The outcomes, the things that happen in our life sometimes happen because of what we have spoken into existence. Science tells us that sound waves, the sound waves that I'm speaking right now, these same sound waves will be in the air for over six years. Over six years, the sound waves that are coming out of my mouth right now will stay in the air. Think about that. The things that you told your wife this morning or the things that you told your husband or your children, those same sound waves are in the air for six years. The blessings you give right now are staying in the sound waves in the heavenlies for six years. The curses you gave somebody yesterday are still cursing them for six years. Our life's outcome are determined by the words that we speak. Life, death, blessings, curses, value, are devaluing. We are determining outcomes in our lives every day, and we don't even realize it. Matthew 12, 34 and 36, starting in 34, it tells us that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. You see, our words reveal truly what's in our heart. Our words reveal what's in our heart. My tongue, my lips, my mouth really show what's in my heart. And it tells us on in 36 that we're responsible for our words. As I just said, those words that stay in the sound waves for six years in verse 36, it says we're responsible for them and we're going to have to give an account for them one day in judgment. I'm not going to stay on this part long. This is a whole other sermon in itself. But you see, unfortunately, as the church, we've messed up and we've overused the tongue of the tool. The tool of the tongue, excuse me. We've overused that. We say, well, you know, I'm just going to say what I want to say because that's just how I am. Or I say what I want to say because that's how I was born and raised. But it goes back to Matthew 12 and 34, that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So if we're going to use that excuse of that's just how it was born, some of us need to be born again. If we're going to use that, that's just how I am. Some of us need a heart transplant. Because you see, it's what's in our heart. And sometimes day by day, we've got to crucify what's in the heart and be born again so that God can move our mouth out the way so that he can bring forth what he needs to bring forth. We've got to ask ourselves, are our words drawing people to Christ or are they pushing people away from Christ? What? Or our tongue, what are our lips, what are our mouth, what is our heart showing people about us? But most of all, what is our mouth, what is our tongue, what is our lips, what is our heart telling people about our God? 
Are we drawing them close or are we pushing them away? So, I, again, I could stay on that all day. I could preach another sermon on that. But, but I'm going to move away from, from the way we've messed up the tool. I'm going to move away from how we've messed it up and overused it. Because, you see, the, the tongue is not evil. It's how we use it. You see, the tongue, he said, it can be for blessings or it can be for curses. So, so I'm not going to stay on how we curse with it all day because that, that's something in itself. Because I want us to know what we can do to uplift. I want us to know what we can use with the tongue to bless. I want us to be able to use the tongue so that six years later, we're still getting blessed from the things that we said today. You see, because as Christians, though we overuse the tool, there's a certain part of the tool that we underuse. Way underuse. You see, some of you know me, some of you don't, but I'm very proud of my Pentecostal heritage. I'm very proud of my Pentecostal heritage. And I'm, I'm proud of it, not the fact because, oh, I'm just Pentecostal, but I'm thankful for the wisdom and the teachings that it brought me. Teachings that sometimes you don't get in other denominations. The teachings, the declarations that I serve a powerful, a merciful, an everlasting and all-sufficient Savior. A, a, a teaching that, 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 that the devil couldn't stop him, that the Romans couldn't kill him, that the grave couldn't hold him that he is the same yesterday as he is today as he will be forevermore and that his word is still true that he is still alive he is not dead the grave in Israel is still empty and what he said he would do 10 years ago 10,000 years ago he'll do today he'll do tomorrow and he will do forevermore Because you see, in Genesis 1, it says that he created everything out of nothing just by speaking. God didn't create the word, the earth, by, by building it. It said that he spoke the heavens into existence. He said he spoke in day and night. Just by the words. What, what that was showing us right there is that the power of what we say. You see, God was using the tongue in the correct way by what he was speaking. And in verse 26, that he said, he made man in our image and likeness. You see, when God made man, when he made us, he made us in the likeness and in the image of the Holy Trinity, of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. You see, the same power that was in Jesus is in us. We forget that sometimes, I believe. John, John 14, 12, and 16, it tells us, It says, most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And even greater works. Let's go back there. It says greater. We'll give you a quick English lesson. Okay. If I do something and you do it greater than me, that means it's a whole lot better. And Jesus is telling us in his words that the works that I did, you're going to do even greater. Greater. 
come on, we, we hadn't grasped that. God told us that he was going to send a helper. In the verses down there, he was going to send a helper, the Holy Spirit. And we, when we allow the Holy Spirit to fill us and flow out through us, God said you're going to do even greater. You hadn't got that. We have the opportunity to do even greater than what Jesus Christ did on this earth. Our minds cannot fathom that. My mind cannot fathom that, that Jesus, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords is telling me that I'm going to send the Holy Spirit and I'm going to baptize you in the Holy Ghost. And through the power of that Holy Ghost, you're going to do greater things than I even did. And we're underusing it. Mm. Woo. We are underusing the fact that we, God has told us, I'm going to give you this power and you can do even greater things than I did. I raise people from the dead. I cast demons out. I heal people and you can do even greater. Mm. Whew. And he says that you can do it if you ask or speak anything in my name. Hmm. If you ask or speak anything in my name. Matthew 8 and 5 is one of my favorite, favorite verses in the Bible. And it said, would Jesus hit enter? Capernaum, a centurion man came to him pleading with him, saying, Lord, my servant is lying at home paralyzed, dreadfully tormented. And Jesus came to him and said, I'll come and heal him. Jesus said, I'll, I'll go, I'll come and heal him. And the centurion answered and said, Lord, I'm not worthy that you should come under my roof, but all you need to do is speak a word and my servant will be healed. For I'm a man under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say to this soldier, go. And he goes. And to another, come. And he comes. And to my servant, do this. And he does it. And when Jesus heard this, he marveled and said to those who followed him, As surely I say to you, I've not found such great faith, not even in Israel, And I say to you that many will come from the east and the west and sit down with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. But the sons of the kingdom will be cowed out, cast out into utter darkness, and they'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And he's told the centurion, go your way as you have believed, said it be done for you. And it says his servant was healed that very same hour. You see... The centurion grasped something that we haven't grasped, that all you've got to do is speak. He said, I'm a man of authority, so when I tell my servant to do or my soldier to do, he does because I speak it. And he said, Jesus, all you've got to do is speak, and my servant is healed. 
And God is saying that I'm going to give you a Holy Spirit in you and you're going to do things even greater than I have. Because you see, what we haven't grasped yet is the power of the tongue. Because all we've got to do is to begin to speak things into our lives. So I, I'm going to stay on this for, for a few minutes. Because th- there's a peace that goes with that. And the peace that goes with that is Authority. But the first thing that centurion said was that I'm a man under authority. Because see, first what you've got to do is you've got to learn how to submit to authority. For God to begin to raise you up in authority. Because if we go back to the part where we say, I say what I want to say, I do what I want to do. What you're saying is I'm not going to submit to no one including God. I'm not going to submit to anyone because I'm going to say what I want to say. I'm going to do what I want to do because that's just how I was born. But if we'll get born again and we'll submit to God and say, God, here I am. Use me. Take my mouth. See, what you don't understand is, is many of you didn't know me in middle school. I don't know if anybody in this room knew me in middle school, but I probably had a mouth filthier than a sailor. And I, I, used to, I used to joke after I got saved and God cleansed my mouth. I said I used to think of how many cuss words I could fit into a sentence. But what I can tell you is that in the ninth grade when God saved me, sanctified me, and baptized me in the Holy Ghost, my voice changed. I had a, I had a Jacob-like conversion in my mouth. Because you see, God had to silence me so I could learn how to speak again. God had to give me a new language so I could learn how to speak again. See, some of us, we got to get, a, a, we got to learn a new language. Some of us got to learn a new language so God can begin to speak through us. But before we've got to do that, we've got to learn how to submit to him. Because you see, when we learn how to submit to authority, he will give us more authority. Some of you in a job right now, you're unhappy because you won't submit to the authority because you say, I don't like my boss. I don't like my boss, so I'm not going to submit to my boss. Would it one day be his boss? you got to learn how to submit to him. You see, David had to learn how to submit to Saul so that God could elevate him to be to a king. That one's free. Because the more you learn how to submit to authority, the more authority God will begin to give you. Second service, you might have to watch that because I don't know if I'll remember that for the second service one. That ain't on the notes. But Philippians 2 and 8. It tells us, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled, he submitted himself And became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. And when he submitted and humbled himself, it said that God highly exalted him and gave him a name which is a name above all names. And that at the name of Jesus, every knee, everything shall bow. Those in heaven and those on earth and those under the earth and everything and every tongue 
Every voice will have to confess that Jesus Christ is the Lord to the glory of the Father. You see, he humbled and submitted himself, showing us that if we will humble and submit ourselves, God will highly exalt us. And it said that God exalted him above every name and that every name must bow to him. You see, if it's got a name, it's got to bow to Jesus. Cancer, you've got to bow to Jesus. Depression, you've got to bow to Jesus. Pornography, lust, addiction, you've got to bow to Jesus. Adultery, you've got to bow to Jesus. Rebellion, you've got to bow to Jesus. You got to bow. If you got a name, you got to bow. You see, when I was at Francis Marion, I had a physics class, and, and that thing was kicking my butt. You know, I was a math major, and somehow they thought that I should be able to skip from physics one to physics two, and I believed them because I thought I was that smart. Well, I was wrong, but I had to get through. So I would have to go into those tests and I would have to say, physics, you've got a name. I don't know how it's going to happen, but you got a name and you got to bow down right now. I ain't asking for an A, but you got to bow down. So I'll take a B. If it's got a name, it's got to bow. Some of you, you got to start speaking and letting it know it's got to bow. You see, we got to start speaking to the things in our lives. You know, it's very easy for us to speak curses. We got to learn how to start speaking some blessing. It's easy for us to speak some curses. We got to learn how to speak some blessings. It's easy for us to say something sideways. We got to learn how to ask for forgiveness. You can ask my wife. That was one of the hardest things for me to learn how to do was to ask for forgiveness. Because, whew, we'll just leave that there. But anyways... Mark eleven twenty two tells us that Jesus answered to them and said, Have faith in God, for assuredly I say to you, whoever says, whoever speaks to this mountain, be removed and be cast in the sea and does not doubt in his heart but believes that those things will be done, he will have whatever he says. You see, we've got to learn to speak to our mountains. You say, I'm struggling with this. Every day you got to get up and look in the mirror and say, today is a new day. God, cover me with your blood. Wash me, cleanse me, save me, sanctify me, fill me with the Holy Ghost. Whatever I've got on my back, you've got to bow in the name of Jesus. Sickness, you've got to bow in the name of Jesus. Rebellion, you've got to bow in the name of Jesus. Cussing, you've got to bow in the name of Jesus. Drinking, you've got to bow in the name of Jesus. Drug addiction, you've got to bow in the name of Jesus. Devil, you're a liar. I am worth something. Depression, you've got to bow in the name of Jesus. We've got to start speaking to what's trying to hold us back. Well, Pastor, I did that on Monday, but Tuesday it was still there. You got to speak it again on Tuesday. Depression, you got to bow in the name of Jesus. Addiction, you got to bow in the name of Jesus. Well, Pastor, I've been doing that for a month. You got to do it for another month. Oh, depression, you got to bow in the name of Jesus. Because what I'll tell you is that if you won't give up on God, God won't give up on you. You got to speak it. We got to start looking at what God said. 
and begin to declare his purposes over our lives and our loved ones' lives every day. But I tell you, you got to go back to what I just said. You got to look at what God said. You got to get in the word. If you're not in the word, you can't speak what you don't know. You can't speak what you don't know. You got to start looking at what God said. You got to start declaring those, those things. I tell you what, some of you may have known us at this time, but when Leslie and I had our twins, they came really early. And so they had to go into the NICU. The doctor said it's probably going to be two months. They're going to be in the NICU for two months. Get ready. But, you know, I served a God that was all powerful, all merciful, all everlasting. And I'd walk into that cubicle and I begin to pray in the Holy Ghost. And I would say, you will live and not die. You will live and not die. And you will declare the word of the Lord. Because Derek Gardner prophesied over us at Life Springs Worship Center that from my seed and her womb will become anointed children of God. You have got to live. And of all the babies in the NICUs, I was the first one to leave in about two weeks. Cut up. My God is powerful. My God is merciful. My God is everlasting. And my God is the same God that you can have. But you got to start speaking and you got to start believing. And to do that, you got to know what God's promises are. Because if you don't know his promises, you can't claim them. You got to let the power of his word come out of us and you got to let the Holy Ghost begin to create what you need created in your life. You got to let it start flowing through you and creating peace, love, joy, hope and life more abundantly. The life that God intended for you to have. But you got to begin to speak it. If you want blessings, you got to start speaking blessings. If you want deliverance, you got to start speaking deliverance. If you want freedom from something, you got to start speaking freedom. You got to put the devil in his check. Because if you let something go unchecked, it'll run all over you. But if you set a standard and you say this is the line in the sand, and if you mess up and fall down, you get on your knees because an altar is wherever you bow down to God. And if you'll learn to bow down, God will learn to pick you up. He won't have to learn to pick you up because he'll always know how to pick you up. But you got to learn to bow down. You got to quit speaking death. You got to start speaking life. You got to start speaking deliverance. You got to start speaking restoration. You got to start speaking grace. You got to start speaking it in your lives and you got to start speaking it in your enemies' lives. Parents, this is for you. If you're a parent, you need to know this in the importance of your home. You got to start speaking blessings into your home. You got to start speaking blessings into your spouse. You got to start speaking blessings into your children. The Bible says that if you will raise up a child in the way he should go, he will not depart from it. But what I can tell you right now, in our house, we got a two-year-old, and whatever we say, he'll repeat it. So parents, whether you mean to or not, what you say, your children are going to repeat. And you got to remember that what they say is staying into the, to the sound waves for at least six years. What you're teaching them to say right now is what's staying into the sound waves, whether you realize it or not. The example you're setting for them is the example 
that they'll do when they depart from you. You know, we aren't perfect. Because, you know, this week's been a trying week for me because I'm moving. I'm, I'm trading the, the blue and gold or the Blythewood Bengals for the black and gold or the Johnsonville Flashes. And it's been a trying week for me to get things ready to move. And things hadn't been going the way I wanted them to go. I can't find anybody to paint. I can't find anybody to do sheetrock. I can't find, uh, I got somebody to do flooring, but they're so backed up. The things just aren't working out how I want to work out. So I'll be the first one to tell you this is for me this morning because I've spoken some gloom and doom about moving this week. But I know I got to start speaking life. God, you're sending us somewhere. And the best is yet to come. And God, you're going to use us because your word prophesied over us that our children was anointed children of God. And wherever they go, your anointing's upon them. So when they go into the school systems down there, you're going to use them in a mighty way. God, you prophesied over us that our house would be the bomb of Gilead. That people would come into our house, God, and they would feel the Holy Ghost in it and they'd feel restoration in our house, God. God, whether that's houses in Columbia or Pamplico, God. God, that's what your word says. We got to claim it and we claim it. We know that people are going to come into our house in Pamplico and lives are going to be changed, God. God, we know that as we go out of Pamplico into Florence County, God, God, that you're going to do amazing things in Florence because you're going to feel that dry river. So I got to start speaking it. Parents, if you don't like the way things are going in your house, you need to start speaking different. Husband, wives, if you don't like the way your marriage is going, you got to learn how to just speak differently to your spouse. If you're putting each other down or running each other down, you got to learn how to speak. It is so easy to say something wrong to them, learn how to say, I'm sorry. Because you see, if we're created in his likeness, we need to start speaking like him. But you see, this power I speak about today starts with one thing, and it starts with the tongue. And that one thing it starts with is confessing that we need Jesus. Because you see, Romans 10 and 9 tells us that if we'll confess with our mouth and believe in our heart that he is the Christ, the true son of the living God, that he will hear us and he will save us. Psalms 34, 4 tells us, so I sought the Lord, hallelujah, and he heard me and he delivered me from all of my fears. If you would right now, every, every head bowed, every eyes closed. If you say to me this morning, Pastor, first thing is I, I, I don't have a relationship. I've never confessed with my mouth that Jesus is Lord. You may have been coming to church for 35 years, but you've never confessed with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you don't have a relationship with him. And if you want to say today, today is the day that I want to confess. I want to confess that he is my Lord. If you'll raise your hand. 
If you want to say that power that you talk about, I, I want to be able to speak those things in my life, in my loved one's life. If that's you this morning, if you'll raise your hand, we're going to bring a clipboard by to you just to give to you. Yes. Just so we can get some information to connect with you and pray with you because we want you to live the life that God has intended. You may say, you know what, Pastor, I've confessed it before, but I just need to confess it again. I just need to confess it again. Or you may say, Pastor, I've got to learn to speak different. I've got to learn to speak different. If, that, if that's you this morning, if you say, you know, I'm not utilizing my tool in the best way that I should. If that's you, if you'll stand to your feet this morning. If you say, you know what, I'm not using that tool the way I need to use it. I'm not getting the full power that God intended for me. If you'll stand this morning, I want to pray over you. Oh, holy God of Israel, we bless your name. For your word tells us that if we'll submit to you, you will exalt us, God. God, those right now are standing in submission to you saying, God, I want you to exalt me. That I know that I'm not using my tool the way it should be used. And God, I pray right now that you'll begin to fill them with the power of the Holy Ghost. That, God, that you will give them a new language, God. God, that you'll give them new words to use, God. God, that you'll give them new sentences. God, that you'll give them new paragraphs, God, to begin to use to speak your blessings, to speak deliverance, to speak freedom, God. God, I bind, rebuke, and render useless all forms of oppression, all forms of depression, all forms of rebellion, God. God, all addictions, God, I bind, rebuke, and render them useless right now in the name of Jesus. God, those things have to bow down to your name, God. God, I pray that you'll begin to fill the house with the power, God. God, that they'll begin to speak deliverance in their lives, that they'll begin to speak freedom in the lives of their families, in the lives of their loved ones, God. God, that they'll begin to speak freedom and deliverance in the lives of their enemies God God that they'll begin to submit to the authority so that you can exalt them God but God most of all that we'll confess that you are Jesus Christ our Lord God God those that have never confessed before God God that they will just right where they are declare that you are my God and I need you and I submit myself to you today God I speak blessings over radiate God God, I speak blessings over the thousands and the ten thousands that Radiate is going to reach in Columbia, in Florence, in South Carolina, in the United States, and all over this world, God. God, I speak healing that is going to come out of this house, God. God, I speak deliverance that is going to come out of this house, God. And I declare that the word of the Lord shall remain forever. Because the world cannot silence you, God. It cannot silence your voice. The words that you spoke into existence in, in Genesis are still roaming into the sound waves as we speak right now, God. God, I bless Pastor Brandon and Pastor Megan and the pastors of this house, God. God, I bless them. 
I bless them in the name of Jesus, God. God, I bless those that connect with Radiate. I bless them in the name of Jesus, God. God, that they would live the life that you have intended for them, God. God, that they are the head and they are not the tail, God. God, that you are for them and not against them, God. God, that you have a hope to prosper them, not to fail them, God, because our God is not a failure, God. We exalt you this morning, God. God, we submit ourselves to you this morning and we exalt you, Lord. We exalt you, Lord. We exalt you, Lord. For you are the King of kings and you are the Lord of lords and we glorify your name. God, I pray that you would be with us today, tomorrow, and the days ahead, God. God, as we walk in your word, as we seek you, God, and as we find you, and as we begin to speak the promises that you have for us. And we thank you for all these things. In Jesus' name.